Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Two and one. Walker ready. He kicks and fires. Swing. There's a fly ball. Left field deep. And this ball is going to be off the green. It hit the Covidian sign. Ellsbury scores. Ortiz scores. Here comes Gomes to the plate. The throw. He slides. He's saved. Three run score. And over to third. Victorino pounding his chest. Three nothing Red Sox. Joe Castiglione on the call. The 13 Red Sox. I love that team. By the way. Congratulations to Joe. 40 years in the booth. The booth was named after Joe tonight. He was honored before the game by the Red Sox. The Red Sox do an outstanding job with that type of stuff. It was an awesome night at the ballpark. So congratulations to Joe on 40 years. And he'll be back doing what he loves tomorrow night. He'll be calling the game. Excellent job. Hopefully by he's rocking and rolling all night as the rejoin sounded. <laughs> yeah, he'll... A great job, by the way, by both Mutt and the pregame show. Will on the broadcast. Rob on the broadcast. Just sort of articulating how much Joe's meant to Red Sox fans of the region in general. You could tell, too, by the Red Sox players tonight. They got up for this game. Joe motivated a man. They were showing all those calls. But that 13 team, that was such a weird team. I still can't believe they won the World Series. Just like Lester shoves every night in the postseason in Ortiz. They finally started walking him at the end of that series. But remember, Matheny kept pitching to him. He's he hit 688 in the series or something along those lines. And nobody else was hitting. Ellsbury was like second in hitting on in that series, and his OPS wasn't even at 600. David Ortiz had an OPS over 1,900, and they kept pitching to him. But that was an unbelievable run. I did want to mention this about Bogarts real quickly, though. And we're all talking this out right now because it just happened. Bogarts legitimately just said that the organization told him he's not getting traded. This is after the organization is publicly saying or publicly said we're not trading Xander. Xander comes out tonight. He said he's been told by the front office he's not getting traded. So this is where I'm at with this. I'm trying to really think about it. They have to be close to a deal, right? They have to think they have a chance at getting him signed because if you don't, then from a pragmatic standpoint, and that's what Bloom is, right? He's pragmatic. He looks at the long-term stuff. Bloom, if he's looking at it from a long-term thing, the best thing if he's not going to sign Xander Bogarts would be to go to the player and say, hey, do you want to lift your no-trade clause to go to this, that, or that contender, right? So if they're not doing that, if the Red Sox, with Haim Bloom running this organization, if they're not trading Xander Bogarts, doesn't it mean that they're close to a deal? Now, five for 135 would be perfect to me. He's not going to sign that. Six for 27, I think, is the sweet spot, 162. 
Seven for 27. 189 is probably the highest I'd go with Bogarts because of the age, et cetera. And he's probably not going to be a shortstop for the length of that contract, obviously. But six for 27, 162. I feel really good about that deal. I don't want to lose that guy in terms of what he means in the clubhouse. He continues to be one of these guys that you never teach anybody to hit the way he does, but he's able to do it. I mean, you realize he has the most ground ball hits in all of Major League Baseball this year. Finally, he elevated a ball tonight, hit a massive home run. I do feel like he's been dealing with something for the majority of the season. The other reason I don't want him to leave is this. I feel like if Bloom wants to factor in, and I don't know if he wants to do this because I don't know if his computers have this, but if you want to factor in the human element of this, think about this for a second. If Xander Bogarts is here long-term, Trevor Story is never compared to Xander. If Xander leaves, Trevor Story is always compared to Xander Bogarts. And Trevor Story is good in his own right. I'm not disputing that. I like Trevor Story. Excellent defensive player, and I like the fact that he hits for power. And if you look at some of the numbers, he's actually been an elite run producer. Like, when he's actually hitting with runners in scoring position, the guy produces, unlike J.D. Martinez. So I like Trevor Story. This is not meant to be an indictment on Story. But the problem is this. If Xander Bogarts is gone, people are always going to look at Story as the replacement for Bogarts. And Story is a good player. But he's never going to be this unbelievably elite player that hits close to 300 and has an on-base percentage close to 400. He's going to hit his bombs. He's going to hit for power. But there is always going to be a lot of strikeout with Trevor Story. So I would just rather Bogarts be here for that element as well. And I'm really wondering, the organization tells him he's not getting traded. Does this mean they're closer to a deal? Let's get to Sean in Worcester. What's up, Sean? I think it's time to uh, shake up the team a bit. Okay. Uh, I say to go and trade for um, Juan Soto. Uh, he's making $5 million for the next two years. Yeah, I, I Sean, I love Juan Soto. I just don't see Bloom doing that. I don't see Bloom trading the farm system, essentially, that he just built up for Soto. I love Soto. He's one of the best players in the sport. I don't see it happening. No, I, 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 I trade Verdugo. Dahlbeck, Franchi, Downs, J.D. Uh, Martinez Farm. For Soto. And, Sean, what are you Soto, hammering? That you, think, you think the Nationals I, I, want that I, package for Soto? I mean, are you kidding me? I, this is a 23-year-old superstar. I, you think the package they want back is Franchi Cordero, Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, Verdugo, J.D. Martinez? What are you talking about? And some uh, draft picks, and the other one is okay. Uh, well, Sean, I can't do this tonight. I'm sorry, I cannot do this. I don't, Sean. I, Sean, I gotta let you go. I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Why the hell would the Nationals ever want that in return? So Jeter Downs, who has not been good at the minor league level, Alex Verdugo, who's like a fine player, JD Martinez, who's old and on an expiring contract, he's a free agent after the end of the season. Dahlback, who stinks, and look, maybe he's gonna have a nice month here because he is or a nice stretch. Three hits in his past two games, including the two bombs last night. But it's Bobby Dahlback and Franchi. You think that's getting it done for Juan Soto? Why the hell would the Nationals do that? Like, you do understand that there's another side to the trade. I mean, what are you? What are we talking about here? Oh boy, he's back, David in Florida. David, how are you, my friend? Good evening, Mr. Barrett. How are you? You got a pen? You got a piece of paper and a pen with you? Yeah, I always do, David. Uh, yes, I have a pen. Why Why do you need me to have a pen? Because I'm going to give you my Joe Castig starting nine, meaning 
Red Sox players who have been with been with the Red Sox since Joe came aboard in '83. Oh, I thought you meant you were going to uh, give us the announcers with them. Like, were you going to throw Bradford, Will, Tim no, Neverett, no, no. Josh I mean, we Lewin? Talk about the all, we talk about the all time the all time Red Sox. We talk about the starting nine for the past fifty years. All right, get to it, hey, David. That. I'll let you do it tonight because we're honor, honoring Castig. So, give me the names all quickly right, here. So- Leading off, center field, Johnny Damon. Right field, batting second, Mookie. Batting third, third base, Wade Boggs. Big Poppy, cleanup, DH. Batting fifth, Nomar, shortstop. Sixth would be... Oh, no, hold on. Nomar over Bogarts. What about the clubhouse thing there? I mean, Bogarts more of a clubhouse guy. You're going Nomar, okay. No, no me. No me. I know Joe's Uh, not going to like that. He loves Bogarts. He's not going to like that. Yep. Jim Rice, left field, batting sixth. Seventh, Veritech, catcher. Eighth would be um, uh, first base. And this is an interesting one. First base, I'm going with Uke. Batting Uke. eighth. And, yep. And batting ninth, Petey, second base. That's my all. That's my Joker Stig starting nine. And Pedro on the mound. Pedro on the mound. Yeah, I, dis- right. I disagree with uh, Nomar over Bogarts. And why, do you, why don't you have Mookie leading off instead of Damon? I was thinking about that, but Mookie doesn't like batting leadoff. Mookie never what likes batting about? leadoff. He, lo- he loves batting leadoff. It was a thing for like a year, and then he realized he's better in the leadoff spot. But I will tell you this, and not that he deserves to be on the team. Joe's going to be upset that Jackie's not on this team. He loves Jackie. That's one of his favorite players of all time. As much as we love Jackie, too. I mean, Jackie, you know, if if, he, if we could put Jackie and, and Rafe in some kind of personality athlete machine and mix them both together, you would have the world's greatest Baseball player better than Babe Ruth, better than Willie Mays, better than Ted Williams. I guess you could put like the offensive. David, Rafi what the hell does that the even defensive mean? Jackie. Oh, you're talking if you could add you know I mean? add Rafi's offense to Jackie's defense. Yeah, I mean if you could get yeah, I mean, yes, that, that, some that, science fiction I mean, baseball be, personality. That'd machine. be like Mike Trout. You'd have like Mike Trout. Oh no, I mean it would it would be like Mike Trout to like the fifteenth ex, uh, exponential power. Oh, yes, but, you know, that being said... Well, Mike I'm Trout's better than about, Devers. Uh, yeah, oh, well, yeah, but I'm saying if you... Yeah, but I think if you could have... All right, David, hey, I've enter- hey, David, I've entertained you enough for tonight. So I'll pass this starting yeah. lineup along to Joe. I'll do it over the weekend. I'm going to see him over the weekend. I'll bring it up to the booth, and I'll ask him what he thinks and what he would change. I'm telling him, I'm, I'm right. really going to do this, good. and I'll check back with you next week, Okay. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Actually, you know what, David? You. I'll check. I'll check with him tomorrow night. I'm actually going to be at Fenway tomorrow night because I'm doing pregame and postgame. So I'll check in with him tomorrow, right? I want to hear you. I want to hear it on the radio. I'm All right, on we'll you. talk about Make it. I'll sure check. You it. mention my name too. I will. I'll say Make David in Florida, you. Rafael Devers' biggest fan. I'm counting on you. Hey, you said Petey, right. right? That's a mistake too. I'm yeah. telling you, he's not going to like that. He's a Clemens. He loves Clemens. You see who showed up for his event tonight? Clemens. I mean, I, I saw it come up here. No, I mean, as great as Roger And by Roger, the way, Roger, David, you're going to have a clubhouse issue with this team. Petey, you have batting ninth. He's going to be pissed about that. Well, he's a great, you know, the number nine is the second leadoff player. Oh, yeah, so, so that's I a betrayal. All right, David, hey, great stuff. I'll check in with Joe tomorrow with this. Let's get to Jennifer in Vermont. Hey, Jennifer. Hey there, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. 
Um, I actually want to make a point built on what you said earlier about the fact that Bogart's endeavors are both no trades right now. Um, I, I definitely have a hopeful side of me that thinks that, that the front office has a deal close to both of these guys. Mm-hmm. But then I have the high and bloom, you know, train wreck that thinks that they're <laughs> confident they'll sign them and that they're not going to trade them for that reason. And uh, if these if these deals do not get done and we don't trade these two guys and get anything for them, then I will lead the charge to get Bloom fired for sure in the offseason. <laughs> well, Jennifer, especially Bogarts, right? Because it doesn't yeah. really make sense. If you're not going to sign them long term, it doesn't really make sense to just cut off trade talks or entertain trade talks because – if he's opting out and he's leaving, then he's just walking instead of you getting a package for a guy that's a two-time World Series champion that teams are definitely going to be interested in. Very much so. And then to do it publicly, like doing it behind closed doors and saying we're not going to trade him is one thing, but stating it publicly and shutting off all the trade offers automatically by doing that, I, I just I, I don't see this. You know, part of me is like, yay, we're going to keep them. But the other part of me is like, this is not going to end well. Yeah, and that's, I'm hopeful, Jennifer, that this means they're getting something done because obviously they told Bogarts as well, and we played the audio earlier. He said it after the game, So, and I appreciate the call, Jennifer. Good stuff. My whole thing is just if you do this, if you're telling Xander he's not getting traded, you've already stated publicly you're not trading the player, so I believe the Red Sox. I take the Red Sox at their word because of the fact that they now told the player. It'd be one thing if they were just saying this and it felt like, something that was a PR thing from the front office. Okay, that's one thing. But now that they actually told the player, that means they're not trading him. So I am hopeful to get him signed up long-term because if they don't, I just feel like this is a miscalculation from a baseball perspective. It makes no sense to just finish out the season. It would be one thing if the Red Sox were having the season they were last year at the trading deadline and Bogarts was going to be able to opt out after that year. Okay, I can understand that, right? Because you're going for a World Series. Right now, this team is sitting at 50-50. and so it really doesn't make any sense to me if you're not signing him long-term to just completely take what would essentially be the second-best player on the trading block because Juan Soto's on the block. Now, I know, like, the Angels are saying they're listening on everybody, even Otani. They're asking for your four top prospects. I don't see them trading Otani at the trading deadline. That seems like more of a move that you would make in the offseason because you can get every team involved because that guy sells tickets like crazy. But... In terms of the actual guys available, Soto, Bogart should be the number two guy there. Now, I'm excluding pitchers from this. So it just doesn't feel like that'd be the right baseball decision to make if you're not signing him. Now, if you're not signing him, that's why I'm trying to be optimistic about this. Like, if they've told Xander this, does this mean they're close to getting a deal done? I want Bogart to finish his years here. I don't want to see him play for another team. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. So if you do want to weigh in on this, Sander Bogart says he is not getting traded. He has been told he is not getting traded. Does that make you believe that the Red Sox are close to getting a deal done? We'll get to it next here on EI. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store in NissanUSA.com today. All right, I do want to defend, I can't believe I'm saying this, I do want to defend David in Florida for a second here because we got something in from the text line. No Ted Williams. Well, David was doing from when Joe Castiglione called games. So in fairness to David, it's not like he missed 
Ted Williams. He was just going with the guys that Joe was calling games for. So that's why Ted Williams is not in this group of the starting nine by David. David's think about how crazy this is. David gave us a starting nine of the Joe Castiglione era. I'm going to show this to Joe tomorrow. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Sox picked up a much-needed win tonight to beat the Guardians 4-2. They split the four-game series. The Sox now 50-50 on the year. Xander Bogart's a huge home run in this one, his eighth of the season. And Bogart said after the game in the clubhouse, when he was asked, he has been told that he is not getting traded at the deadline. The Sox and the Brewers open up a three-game set at Fenway on Friday night. It's going to be a 7-10 first pitch across the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network, Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 610. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. And on the mound tomorrow, it's going to be Brian Bayo starting again. Brandon Woodruff goes from Milwaukee, who's an absolute stud. That's why it was good that the Red Sox won this game tonight. Devon Godshaw got a two-year extension with the Patriots worth north of $17 million. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, here's the Brock star. What a night he's had. 
And he swings and rips one deep to right down the line toward the corner, hooking, and it's a home run. A two-run homer for the Brock Star. And he has hit for the cycle for the second time in his career. All right, that was a great joke. Is Dick Leone on the call? That was an epic night when the Red Sox just beat the crap out of the Yankees. That 18 Red Sox team was such a wagon, man. Think about the run they had in that postseason. It's not ordinary that you dominate opponents like the way the way that Red Sox team did. That doesn't happen in the postseason. Think about this. They beat the Yankees in four. They beat the Astros in five. The reigning defending World Series champion Astros. They disposed of the, that team in five games, of course. Ben Benintendi, the great catch. Mookie had that weird play member in right field with the interference out there. It was a crazy series. And then, of course, you beat the Dodgers in five games. And the only game the Dodgers won was the game that went 17. And Nathan Evaldi pitched like eight innings out of the bullpen. And you remember the analysts, like before the series, they were favoring the Yankees, the Astros, and the Dodgers. They weren't giving the Sox a lot of chances. Wait, the Yankees were favored against the Red Sox in 18? I just know I remember a bunch of analysts saying, oh, I think I trust the Yankees to win more than the Red Sox because they both had like 100 wins or something. Really? I, I mean, I don't remember that because I, I don't remember that with the Yankees because that Yankees team had no starting pitching whatsoever. But in terms of the Astros, yeah, you're completely right about that because the Astros are the reigning defending champs. They had Verlander and the Red Sox sale was dealing with the injury. Remember, he was supposed to start game one. He couldn't. David Price was completely bombed in the first game, and then he completely turned around the postseason the rest of the way. So, yeah, you're completely right about the Astros. And the Dodgers, I feel like people thought that was sort of a toss-up situation. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Riz, who is in Chicago. What's up, Riz? Hey, after Rich. Oh, Rich. Hey, Rich. Hey, how you doing? Hey, look. Uh, I'm glad I discovered you guys. I finally got Odyssey. I'm having to deal with over 20 years here in Chicago. I'm a bit. I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan. Oh, and, uh, nice, this is man. Great. Uh, I mean, we could use you um, more of your airtime here in Chicago. But anyway, what I wanted to get to is with things coming up, and just just anecdotally, uh, the background is the reason I've been a lifelong Red Sox fan is not only was I born there, but I moved around. But Butch Hobson and I played against each other in college, and Michael Bowden played with my son in high school, your first-round pick in 06, the pitcher. So I followed them and Epstein when he got here. <clears throat> and Theo got Lester and Ross and Bowden. He picked up some Boston guys when he got here, which was great. And they ended up winning the World Series. Yeah, now, Rich Hill, too. Around. Yeah, they got a bunch of Red Sox guys. So it kind of gave me a little inspiration living in Chicago. Oh, you're saying the Red Cubs Sox. got a bunch of Red Sox guys when Theo got there. A bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was kind of fun to watch those guys develop and, and have a great run. And then you got, you know, Sale got traded for Moncada. You can have Moncada back. <laughs> yeah, we you know, we're yeah he sucks. Our disaster with unbelievable talent. But here's the thing. I looked at the stats. Because I follow the Red Sox closely. Yeah. And, you know, the trade deadline is coming. And they're pitching. And I look at their major league rank. And I'll throw this back to you after I tell you this. But their ERA is 24th in MLB. And their walks issued per game is 21st. Yeah. So they're in the bottom, they're in the bottom third. And they're hitting 
when you look at their batting average, they're fifth at 255 team, and the runs per game is 12 at 4.5. But I don't think you're going to win having to score six, seven runs a game. Well, yeah, and Rich, the the pitching has been more of an issue lately, too, because if you really – that – Yes. Number those numbers you're referencing are on the total year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So if you take it from June the 27th until entering tonight's game, basically in terms yep. of the pitching staff, they're last in every statistical category. The problem is the bullpen has not been good for the majority of the season, and now they're dealing yep. with this situation. Rich and I appreciate the call and keep listening on the Odyssey up there. We'll keep you entertained. But the problem right now with the pitching staff is they've had all these injuries, right? So during this stretch that I'm referencing right now, what has happened is Sale got hurt. Avaldi was on the shelf for a while, and he's not good right now. Pavetta went through his slide. Rich Hill, who had a rehab outing tonight, he was hurt with the MCL. Michael Walker is still dealing with a dead arm situation. So you have all these guys coming up, and they haven't been good with the exception of Crawford. Bayo has been atrocious. Now we'll see what he is tomorrow. I'm not writing the kid off. I still think he's got a lot of potential, and in fact... I'll tell you on the pregame show tomorrow some of the things I actually like about Bayo that make me think he's going to pitch a lot better tomorrow night. But anyway, just getting back to my original point, Winkowski's been really bad as of late, and Seabold was really bad. So the problem was you were taking all these young guys, and they had to fill in for your veterans that were hurt, and none of them have been good, and all your veterans are hurt. So it was the perfect formula for the pitching staff to just completely fall off a cliff. Let's get to Steven in New Hampshire. Hey, Steven. Yes, hi, Brian. How you doing? Good, I'm doing good. Hey, I'm I'm really glad the Red Sox won tonight. They they deserve a win here. But I'd like to chime in on Bogarts. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta lock this kid up, man. He is just I've been I've been a Red Sox fan for years. I always watch the game and this kid is just outstanding. He has been for years. That kid can hit, he can run the bases and he's he a makes great base a hell of well, great base running and he can the fielding, I mean, I've seen him make some diving plays, just outstanding. they got to lock this kid up. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting, it seems like something's got to be happening, Stephen. If it doesn't, I just, I think about who Heim Bloom is as an executive. It makes no sense that they would tell Bogarts that he's not getting traded if they don't feel like they have a really good chance to get a deal done. Because why else would you right. not have him on the market when he can opt out of his contract after the season? So I have to. Just from a logical perspective, knowing the way that Bloom operates, it has to feel like he thinks he can get something done. It doesn't make any sense to not put him on the block if you don't think you're getting a deal done. Right. And the kid plays his heart out. I mean, I agree with that. Just outstanding. Yeah, I mean, and, and people, and, the fans love him, Stephen. And look, I appreciate the call, oh my. my friend. And... Hein Bloom said he's not going to make decisions based on the fan base, and he shouldn't do that. I totally understand where he's coming from with that, but you can just tell. Bogarts is one of the most beloved players we've had here recently. Obviously, nobody's going to be above David Ortiz lately, but Bogarts is up there in terms of the list of the most beloved players in Red Sox history recently. People love that guy. Let's get to John. He's in Maine. What's up, John? What's up, Brian? How you doing? Uh, just real quick. Okay. Good. Just real quick uh, on David you know he's got to be aware of the moment. Jackie Bradley Jr. Jr. would be the ninth batter in that lineup. Oh, he, for the Joe Castiglione team. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Joe he loves catch Jackie. The ball tonight. Let him catch the ball. His pitch tonight. He would. Yep. He would have. He would have let, let Jackie take his place in the Hall of Fame if he could have. You know, I'm pretty sure. And but, Rich uh, Hill. Rich Hill's uh, another one of his favorites. He loves Rich Hill. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. 
But was Xander, do you think he's worth five and one fifty? Oh, so you're saying basically cut off the extra year, bump it up to thirty million dollars a year, pay him one fifty I would do that deal. If Bogarts agrees to it five for one fifty, I'd do that for sure. Yeah, because I definitely think they need to sign him. I think he's worth that. And hopefully he would be willing to accept that offer because I'd like to keep him here a long time. He's basically this team's identity. So Yeah, I just went with the him. extra year, John. In terms of six yeah. for twenty-seven, so the one sixty-two, but maybe he would go for that money. The other thing I would say, like the most I would go is seven. That's the and I I would be cringing a little bit to give him a seven-year deal just based on his age, et cetera. But I just feel like he means so much to the organization, and I really do think that you got to factor some of that part of it in. And I understand that the defensive numbers aren't great, although they're much better this year than they were in previous seasons. But I just think you have to factor in what he means in the clubhouse and. What would happen if he's not around? I think you're really not estimating how much he means to the guys in the clubhouse, how much he means to the team. You have to consider that if you're high and bloom. Yeah, I don't think he needs to off from seven right now. He's having an excellent season, actually. I know his, his power numbers are down as far as home runs. Yeah. He's got a ton of hits. He's still drawing walks. His, his on-base percentage is good. I think he can... You know, if he gets 10, 15 home runs before the end of the season, his numbers are going to look really good again this year. I think they can offer him five, and maybe if they want to re- rework a deal, a few. Yeah, years I just, John, I just don't, I don't want to let it get to the off season. So if you're not going to trade him, get the deal done now, because then it's just going to look bad. He's going to leave in the off season. I feel like you got to get the deal done now, and may, and that's what I, and I appreciate the call, John. That's what has me feeling somewhat optimistic is knowing everything we know about Heimblum knowing how pragmatic, uh, pragmatic rather that he is at his approach, it doesn't really make sense to me that he wouldn't at least entertain offers for Xander Bogarts at the trading deadline if he didn't plan on getting him signed long-term. Let's get to Joe. He's in New Jersey. What's up, Joe? Hey, Brian. I value your opinion. I want to ask you something. Bloom gets fired. I'd be the first one to drive to the airport. You're the new GM. <laughs> what would you do at the trading deadline? I would still be buying, Joe. I would still be buying. You would? Yeah. Right. They're going to lose two or three to Milwaukee. They're going to lose probably three or four to Houston. You know what upsets me the most? The teams in a wild card race are not that good, Brian. Yeah. Wait, oh, Joe, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me refer. Are you asking me what I do or what I think Bloom's going to do? You, what would you do? Yeah, I would I would add GM. to the core. Now, I think he screwed things up in the offseason by not getting a real first baseman and getting a b- better bullpen. Absolutely. That's why you're 50 and 50 right now. But I would make I'm not telling you that I would gut my farm system to make a big move, but I would add a reliever, I would add a first baseman if I can, but I don't think they're going to add a first baseman, Joe, just because I think now that you're this far along, I think they're just going to have Cassis come up at some point and he's just going to play first base the majority of the time. That's what I think is going to happen in the near future. But I would like them still to add another arm to the bullpen. You looked at Whitlock tonight. He doesn't look right. He pitched really well the no, other day. He doesn't look good. right. If something was going on no. with him, you could tell. He, he he was walking weird when he was coming off the mound. So I didn't think Whitlock looked right whatsoever tonight. So right now you got Schreiber who you can depend on. How could a bad game last night? I mean, he threw that cement mixer. But I still think that you need arms in that bullpen. So you would buy? Yeah, I would. But, Joe, I think what Heim's going to do is both. So I think Heim is going to, I mean, I guess this is kind of contradicting myself. But I think he is going to trade J.D. Martinez. And I think he's still going to make a trade that helps the major league team. 
I think they look at J.D. Okay. Martinez. They're not going to sign him in long term. And this is another thing that I think they screwed up in the offseason, Joe. If the plan was not to sign J.D. long term, which clearly it isn't, and you can defend that. The guy's been dealing with injuries the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. The power numbers are going down. So you can defend not signing J.D. So if that was the case, I would have just paid Schwarber the $79 million, kept him here, and live with the bad defense for a year, and then make him the everyday DH after this season. That's what I would have done in the offseason. I said it on multiple occasions. I totally agree. All right, Joe. Hey, good stuff. I appreciate the call. I really do believe that J.D.'s gone. There's too many teams that are interested in getting a right-handed hitter. The Dodgers are going to be on the market. We know the Mets are in the market, and it feels like that's the perfect match for J.D. Martinez to go to. I just wonder right now, like, J.D. does not look right from a health perspective. His back is hurting him right now. You can still tell. I mean, some of the balls he hit last night that were absolute cookies, couldn't get him out of the ballpark, those are balls that J.D. ordinarily hits out. And if you look at J.D.'s numbers, so I'm going to compare what he did from April until the end of May and June until now. So April to the end of May, he hit 363. The beginning of June until... Entering tonight, 230. The on-base percentage, 425 April to the end of May, 301 in terms of from the start of June until July 17th. The slugging, 563 in the first two months, the last month and a half, 389. The OPS, 988 in the first two months, the last two months, 682. So he has completely fallen off a cliff. He's not hitting for power whatsoever. I just wonder what the return is going to be for J.D. because obviously we know these numbers. Teams out there know these numbers. So I just wonder what the deal is going to be because it'd be one thing if the numbers that J.D. had right now were the numbers I outlined at the bottom, but he's got the numbers I outlined at the top where he's got a 682 OPS since the start of June, and he does not look right from a health perspective. Let's get to Andrew and Sudbury. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Brian. Um, I was at the game tonight. Great evening at Fenway. Um, they did a really good job honoring Joe. Um, I'm 15, so I've been listening to Joe call games my entire life. Um, I love Joe. He's a very special part of Red Sox Nation. Um, if I had to give a favorite moment, I'd say the 2018 World World Series victory call. The Manny Machado. The striking yep. out Manny Machado, yeah. It's a great call. Yep. The Benintendi anyway, catch is a great one, too. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, anyway, um, I really think we should see what we can get from Martinez. Right now he looks like he's swinging under the bat underwater. Um, you can tell the back is an issue. Um, and the Xander thing, I think we are going to sign him because it would make absolutely no sense to not trade him and then have him walk at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Andrew. And everything we know about Bloom and his sort of reputation that if he wasn't planning on keeping Xander, you'd think that he would trade him to try to get something back in return. Yep. Um, and I want to see if you agree with this take. All right. So what what if we get Crone and Bard, trade JD, and then have black-eyed Bobby DH? Because he might <laughs> heat up. Because <laughs> it is his time of the year. I know he is heating August. up right now, Andrew, to your point. But I, I don't know if the Crone thing is now on the table anymore. And the reason I say that, and I would love Bard to come back, or I think it'd be a great story. But the reason I say that about Crone is he's got a year on the contract next season. I chatted with Bob Nightingale from USA Today last week. He told me that the Rockies are not moving Crone. Now, that's probably the line they're putting out there, but it's going to cost you a lot to get a guy like Crone that hits for that type of power. And the other thing about Crone is he's got an extra year on the contract. So 
my whole thing is if Cassis is going to be the everyday first baseman next season, which I think we should assume that's going to be the case, does it really make sense to trade for a guy that's got another year on the contract? Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good point. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure, Andrew. Good stuff, my friend, as always. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. That's why I just wonder about the Crone thing. Like, if the Red Sox truly believe right now, Heimblum's talking yesterday about the fact that they're going to bring Cassis up at some point. So that would make me believe that Cassis is going to be the everyday first baseman at least by the start of next season. So do you want to bring in a guy like Crone or, say, for example, Christian Walker, who's an excellent defensive first baseman for the Diamondbacks, doesn't hit for average at all? But he does hit for pop. I mean, the guy does not hit at all for average. He's hitting 204, but he's got 23 bombs. Plays an elite defensive first base. That guy's still got two years after this. Do you want to bring in a guy like that when you know your first baseman's coming up for next year? That's the only thing I wonder about. And I don't think the Red Sox get in get into a bidding war with anybody based on where they're at. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barry taking you up until midnight here. On EI. So if you do want to weigh in on Xander Bogarts' comments tonight, that's on the table. Do you think that Bogarts coming out and saying he's not getting traded means that the Red Sox are actually close to getting a deal done with Xander Bogarts? Or do you think they're just going to play it out and let him walk? Because that to me doesn't make sense whatsoever. 617 779 7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you here on EI. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So Marlin to pinch hit here, batting for the pitcher Barnes. Mitch is 0 for 7 in the World Series. Tired last night pinch hitting on a strikeout. And is it first and second with two down? Ryan Matson, the veteran, delivers home. Swinging a high fly ball, right field. This Got is him. deep, way back it goes. And it's a three run home run for pinch hitter Mitch Marlin. The Red Sox are right back in it. Four three Dodgers his first postseason home run this year five RBIs a three-run pinch homer did you see Puig's reaction he's put his arms up in the air Joe Castiglione on the call you get her a little bit of Lumerloni in there I believe Tim Neverd as well man they got some Huge production from the first base position in that World Series. Moreland, of course, the big home run there. Steve Pierce, the MVP of the World Series. A couple of big home runs from him. I still believe that David Price should have been the MVP of that, but I understand the Red Sox fans probably appreciate that it's Steve Pierce more so. And by the way, speaking of this whole trading deadline, to connect that to the 18 team, this is what Dombrowski was really good at. 
He identified the guys in the farm system to trade for players to be part of a championship team. He took Santiago Espinal, who I get it, he made the all-star team this year in Toronto. He would have never made it if he wasn't playing for the Blue Jays. Look at his numbers. They're not good. But you would do that trade again because you needed a right-handed complement to Mitch Moreland that could hit against lefties. That's exactly what Steve Pierce did. You traded Jalen Beeks for Nathan Avaldi. You would do that trade 15 times out of 10 if you could do it again, right? So you just think about that. That was something that Dave Dombrowski was really good at. That's something we haven't, quite frankly, seen from High and Bloom yet. Let's get to Art. Art is in Connecticut tonight. Art A. Hey, long time no hear from. What's hey, up, I, man? Just to let you know, I, I, I listen to you every night. Uh, your rant your rant last night on Heim Bloom was just, I mean, just was so so funny. I had to pull the, I had to pull the truck over and laugh laughing so hard. But that, that was amazing last he night. He gets me worked up, man. Um, he gets me worked up. He does. But, uh, you were great. It was great, man. Um, Two things, just real quick. First of all, uh, that that Dave's list in Florida, Manny and David. To me, that's the, those two are inseparable. To me, those maybe the maybe the maybe one of the greatest three four hitters of all time, David and Manny. So if David's on the team, Manny's on the team as well. So I mean, I, I didn't yeah, get why he, Manny he wasn't put, on that team. Yeah, he put Rice in left field, and he had Mookie in right field, and Damon in center. Yeah, I got to get Manny in there. <laughs> Yeah, I think he, I th- I'm with you on that. Manny was a better player than Rice. Yeah. Um, Tanner Hawk, you know, sometimes, Bry, closers, when you come out of that bullpen in the ninth, you, this, I think we talked about this before, there's, there's something inside you, some kind of fire, that you got to come out and, and you got to be on right there. And Tanner Hawk, to me, he can come out. The reason he was, just such a, he, was, he was a decent starter is if he didn't have it in the first inning, he gave up a run or two. He could cruise from there. He'd go. He'd give you two, three, four, five, and six, yeah. and no one would touch him. That's why I don't think he. That's why I think he, he's, he's not. He's, you know, he's not a closer. I, mean, I don't what, what think do you he think is either. Art. I don't think he is either. And the other, the other reason I don't think he's a closer is he just. He still doesn't have great command. He doesn't know where his pitches are going at times. And actually, if you look at his slider, the break is way down this year compared to where it was a season ago. But I'm with you. I don't think he's like a traditional closer that you'd want in that role every night. But I look at it this way, Art. I don't think Cora looks at it that way. I think Cora believes Whitlock and Schreiber are more important to the team. Therefore, he doesn't want them to be the closer. He wants Whitlock to do what he did tonight, like go for two innings. He wants Schreiber to come in because... He wants Schreiber to come in in the seventh inning when there was a runner on first base, get me out of this jam. Or say the top of the order is coming up. Or the, say it's two through four in the order coming up in the seventh. He wants Schreiber there. So I think right now, Hulk is just the third guy in the bullpen. I agree. And last, last thing, I know you got to go. Uh, Bogey. Can you imagine, Bry, if, if they went to him to tell him that so he can announce that to the media so that his, his value would go up, that... that I mean, I mean, you talk about. I mean, I think I think you would hunt Bloom down. But could you imagine if they told him this so that his value would go up, and then finally they end up moving him? I mean, that would be so terrible. I'll talk to you later, bro. Yeah, appreciate the call, Art. Yeah, I, they're not going to move him now at the deadline. There's no, you can't tell the player that and have the player say that publicly and trade him. That's why I'm optimistic that they get something done. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world from a high, or I should say, it makes no sense from Hein Bloom's perspective if they keep Bogarts and they don't sign him long term. It just doesn't make any sense because then you're getting nothing for him. Let's get to Derek and Belrica. Hey, Derek. Hey, how are you tonight? Good. Um, I was uh, originally going to talk about Xander, but I think you know, tonight 
you know, I, is about Joe. Um, you know, this guy's he has uh, been in my life for about 80 percent of it. Um, and, you know, I was trying to think back of my two favorite calls. Well, probably these are both tied for second. Okay. Uh, the first is um, Miller driving that single up the middle against Mariano Rivera to score Dave Roberts and tie the game. That that was the pivotal. I think that was you know when looking back at the time, it was like oh yeah, they're just going to lose anyway. Um, but you know that was I think the pivotal moment now in retrospect. And yeah. then of course uh, went the last out when they won the pennant in New York. Um, you know shortly thereafter. Um, but I think number one for me is just it's the entire body of work, um, his entire career uh, calling games for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, he was, you know, the, the term soundtrack of the summer was used quite a bit, um, you know, on Twitter tonight. Uh, I was reading some of the tweets people were writing. Um, and, you know, that that's just, you know, it's my memories of, you know, listening to the game on the radio with my dad on, on the way to and from. Uh, you know, Bristol and later New Britain Red Sox games. I'm from Connecticut. Um, you know, the guys just, you know, listen to any other radio broadcast and you'll, I think, appreciate more, you know, just the, the insights and the just the nuance and, you know, everything that he does that makes listening to, the you know, baseball on the radio, even in 2022, uh, where I have a high def, you know, version of the game I can watch on my TV. I often prefer to listen on the radio just because he's that good. I hear you, Derek, and well said, my friend. I appreciate the call tonight. Very well said. And the the best thing about Joe, too, is he lets the game come to him. Obviously, he's super prepared. He has all the information he needs for the broadcast. But he's very good at letting the game come to him and describing what's going on into the game instead of overloading you with information or overloading you with details. Everything that Joe says is important and pertinent. That's what makes Joe the best. He's the best. All right, speaking of the other Joe, thanks for Joe for producing. I'll be back with you on pregame tomorrow right here on EA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.